Voice Coaches Radio. Everything voiceover. Hello and welcome once again to Voice Coaches Radio. I'm Warren Garling. And I'm Mike Spring. You've heard Mike and I over the years say that sometimes the toughest part about getting into the uh, you know, podcast is getting into the podcast, you know, right. trying to figure out how we do it. This week was so easy. I know exactly how we're going to start this. Well, I can't wait to hear it, Warren. Well, <laughs> here it is. Okay. We have part two of Sean Pratt today. Brilliant. It's <laughs> yeah, amazing brilliant? how yeah. you come up with that week isn't after it week. amazing? Which is kind of important. So if you have not listened to part one... You can go back and listen to last week's and then listen to this week's. Yeah, or like if you want to skip part one, you can just listen to part two, but That's I true. think you'll get more out of it. Or if, if you, you want listen. to listen to part two first and then go to part one, you can right. be really different. Which would be that that quantum physics time travel thing that <laughs> we were talking about last week. There you go. So. There you go. So yes, we have Sean Pratt back again this week for part two of the great interview he did with Mike uh, a week or so back on um, uh, voice acting, obviously, but on audiobook voice acting. Yep. And, uh, and last week he told us a little bit about his history, how he got into into it, and then how to prepare for uh, an audiobook. And uh, this week, Mike? This week, he's going to talk about characters, uh, you know, how to get into character, how to maintain characters, and also he's going to share some advice for uh, newer voice actors who are looking to get into the, the audiobook field, which I think is invaluable. Well, he, again, he's a great interview, very smart man. You can just tell by his choice of words. And, and I would figure after you've done 750 audiobooks, maybe you'd picked up a few <laughs> new words You'd like to think you maybe learned a little yeah, bit, perhaps right? Perhaps something along the way yeah so let's listen to part two of mike and sean now how do you approach voicing different characters it's funny to say that i just did a symposium on this very topic i usually start with nonfiction because i say the most important voice that a narrator has to find the, the first and most important is their own voice right and what i mean by that is when you're doing nonfiction, the goal should sound like it's coming off the top almost like it's coming off the top of your head mm-hmm as if, let's say you're doing, let's say, uh, oh, right now, I just did a book called Caffeinated. It's about the history of caffeine. Right, Where does right. it come from? How is it used in society? And so on. Now, that could potentially be a pretty dull book, but, you know, the, the idea is for that voice, for that author, I pretend that I am the author. Right. And I've, I've released the book, and I've been asked to do a talk about it at one of those TED Talks. Mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. So I've got a room full of really excited people coming to listen to me talk about my best-selling book. And so the energy, enthusiasm, and naturalness of ordinary conversation mm-hmm. is, is the goal I'm trying to go for. Right. That's sound. And that's not, that's not something, you know, there's a difference between reading aloud and narrating. Yes. Now, narrating should sound as if you are really telling a story. But when it comes to fiction, you know, the, 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 the rules are wide open. The system that I use is I have sort of a different levels of complexity with voices. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, as I'm reading and prepping the book, I'm, take, I'm taking any clues in that the author may tell me that, okay, this person's a heavy smoker, or this person is from Chicago, mm-hmm. this person is this age or this gender. So I'm making note of that. Right. And then, and then when I think, and also I'm getting a feel for the character, the personal connection to them. Mm-hmm. And usually my first option when I'm creating a voice is to mimic someone, or try to mimic someone I know. Now, it could be a celebrity, could be a family member, a colleague, a friend, a neighbor. So if I run across somebody who's a policeman in this thing, and for whatever reason, he really reminds me of my friend, Tim, then I'm going to, I'm going to and that's a very personal connection, I'm going to mimic Tim's voice when I do that policeman. Right. Okay, so the first, the easiest, to me, the easiest thing is to go with somebody you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then... 
like another one might be, you know, if I have a kindly old sheriff in a Western that I'm working on, and I go, well, that, that guy sounds like Ronald Reagan, so suddenly my voice starts to drop down. Right. And there you go again, and I'm sort of in this place. And I know what that means to me. I'm not trying to be Ronald Reagan. I'm just trying to find a flavor. Sure. Okay, so the second step, the more slightly more complex route, is I use sort of what I call, I use three descriptors, three phrases or adjectives to describe that voice or that person. Right. And then I triangulate from that. So if I read in the text that he's, this character has a nasally voice and he's from, uh, from Brooklyn and uh, he's, he's in his you know, late 20s, early 30s, those three, those, those three descriptors sort of triangulate the voice. So he sort of talks like this, you know, he's sort of up here in his nose and he's a bit, you know, he's like quick because he talks from New York. And, that's, and then I can place the voice every time right. by looking at that. Right. You know, and yeah. then the final one, the final one is when it's, sometimes you have scenes of just, they're just devilishly hard because, or like my wife, she's, my Shannon, uh, she also narrates and mm-hmm. she does a lot of detective fiction and fantasy and, but in this one detective book, she had five German men, <laughs> all of about the same age. They're all in their mid to late twenties. So what right. do you do in that situation? What you have to do is you hang a vo- one vocal characteristic on each of them. So one speaks quickly, one speaks slowly, one speaks with a low voice, one has a nasality, one has a, you know, speaks in an aggressive tone. Mm-hmm. They're all German because you reach the limits of what you can do with your voice. Right. So those are the sort of the three levels of complexity that I, I work with when I'm trying to, you know, trying to find a, a character voice. Sure. Now, what advice would you give newer voice actors who want to get into voiceovers for audiobooks? I go do something else. It's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, the, uh, well, the first thing I tell people about audiobooks is I, um, when I talk about voiceover in general, I use a, I say that there's, I say that there's three kinds of voiceover. There's the 30 to 60 second TV and radio spots. Mm-hmm. There's the what I call the documentary narration, like mm-hmm. for National Geographic. Right. And then there are audiobooks. And the analogy I draw is a musical one. The first one, radio and TV, to be to be uh, to be able to to get work in that market, you have to be the equivalent of a lead guitarist in a rock band. You have to be note perfect the moment you open your mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, a great radio spot grabs you like right then. Right. The the middle one for the documentary, I always think because because the documentary voiceover is, is really is tends to be pretty flat because you're there to support the picture. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I uh, I liken that to um, being a member of a jazz combo, like the Dave Brubeck Quartet or something, where you there's an established melody and then you warm up into your improvisation, then you come back into the group. But there's it's like you, the, the, the listener will hang out with you longer because that's just the form of, that the narration takes. Right. But the last one, the audiobook, is sort of like being first chair in an orchestra doing a piece of symphonic music. Mm-hmm. You've got this tremendously long piece of music with different movements, different tempos and styles and so on. And it's a long, long process. And you can't do it in one day, by the way. You know, right. It takes days of work. Mm-hmm. So when you ask me about they want to get into it, the first thing I do to anybody who's interested is I give them a test, and this is the test, and so you can have your listeners give this a try. Okay. Which is, um, starting the next day after they hear this, go to their bookshelves 
and pick out a book they like, mm-hmm. fiction, nonfiction, preferably nonfiction because it's just easier to read. So they get the nonfiction book, have them put them on their bookstand, sit it down on a table in a chair, uh, someplace quiet, like facing into a corner or maybe even in a closet somewhere, mm-hmm. or someplace dark and confined with a little light, mm-hmm. and then read out loud for two hours a day. Right. And when you make it, when you make a mistake, stop, back up, start again. If you hit a word or phrase you don't know, stop or look it up. You can't guess. Right. And do that every day for two weeks. And if you can get through those two weeks, you stand a pretty good chance of getting involved in doing audiobooks. Right. And just the, just the, the it's the physical act of narrating that throws a lot of performers off. Mm-hmm. Um, a college roommate of mine. Uh, Bill Salyers, who's a voice actor out yep. in Los Angeles, yep. run lots of cartoons and uh, lots of theater and TV. Really talented, talented guy. He finally got in, started to get into audiobooks, and he did his first one a few months ago. He mm-hmm. he called me up. He's like, "My God, that was a lot harder than I ever imagined it was going to be." Right. And I'm like, "It's like running a marriage. The physical act of narr- you know, I narrate four to five hours a day. Sure, five to, five to six days a week. Right." And so the amount of concentration and the amount of, of vocal wear and tear on you is a lot. Yeah. You know, I know I'm not working in the coal mines or anything, but right. it's a lot. And I'm done. I'm tired. And, yeah. and I tell people, you know, you may be really good. With, you could do a million voices and, you know, are really funny or energetic or have a unique, you know, capability. But if you're not willing to sit in a little box by yourself for four to five hours a day, or more sometimes, mm-hmm. working by yourself in a vacuum, as it were, you're never going to make it, no matter how talented you are. Right. That's, that's one of the realities of being a book narrator. Sure. That's the first step. That really is the first step. Sounds good. Oh, no, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think that's everything I had for you today, Sean. So uh, thank okay. you so yeah. much for taking the time to talk to us. Yeah, I mean, it was my pleasure. And hopefully we can have you on again in the future. Absolutely. I'll, I'll be available on Wednesday. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Sean. Is that all we've got? Really? Can we do a part three with uh, Sean? Listen, I would I would love to do a part three with Sean. And, uh, you know, he did say he'd be happy to come back on the show in the future. So I think we'll definitely be hearing from him again. Because I, I really do think we just kind of hit the tip of the iceberg there and, and just scratched the surface of the knowledge that Sean has to share. I yeah. mean, he's just immensely, immensely knowledgeable about this field. And, and you know, I, I'm thrilled personally that he was willing to to share that with us and, and with our listeners. And I hope everybody enjoyed listening and, and, to him. And Sean, I know you're listening and I know you can't see this, but I'm bound to you right now okay i mean you're <laughs> yes. just a terrific job and uh, thank you very much for we're your time we're not worthy we're not worthy <laughs> well each week mike and i try to give you an idea of how to market your voice acting talent but if you haven't been introduced properly to the business you're missing a very important step and that's why voice coaches offers a single evening adult education class called getting paid to talk an introduction to voice acting right now we're presenting classes at universities colleges schools and recreation programs across the u.s and canada and we could be in your area soon. That's right. The week of February 10th, we've got several classes planned for the greater Buffalo and Rochester, New York areas, Providence, Rhode Island, and Carlisle and Brockton, Massachusetts. And then it's off to several classes in Ohio. We've got stops in Dublin, Hudson, Cleveland, and Miamisburg, and three classes in Missouri, St. Charles, Columbia, and Independence. Call us to find out when we'll be in your region. Our toll-free number is 866-887-2834. That's right. Do you have questions, comments, or topic suggestions for us, email 
emailing us is also a great way to communicate those ideas with us. You can email us at podcast at voicecoaches.com. And you can also have fun between podcasts by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter. If if that's your ilk, you know, if you'd like to do that. Good use of the word ilk. You like that? I do like that. All right. I'll... I also like the word elk, which is completely unrelated, <laughs> completely but unrelated, I do find them to be graceful animals. Since they sound similar, you thought you'd right. throw that in. They're both yeah. good words. All right. We'll come up with some more good words next week. Join us then. Visit voicecoaches.com for more voiceover news and information. I also, right. like, the, I also like the word silk. I don't like milk, milk? though. No. I mean, I like drinking milk if you sometimes. Say chocolate before. Chocolate it, milk, then I do cool. like, yes. Yeah. But plain white milk, I'm not a, not a big fan of. Here we go again. Terrific. I've got a great way to start this one, too. <laughs> you sounded very excited. I know. I'm all set. I, you were I know like, exactly what I'm going to say, which hardly ever happens. I know. Yeah. But you sounded like this. Terrific. <laughs> like, oh, boy. Uh, which would uh, uh, tend to... Th- uh, yeah, let's go. Which I would think immediately would cl- give... Yeah, I know what I want to say. I just know how to get there, okay? Remember that whole thing about how I knew how to get into it? <laughs> yeah, right. Let's listen to part two of Mike and... Yeah, sure. He's right there in front of me. Wouldn't it be cool, though, if that was like the name of our like uh, our interview segment was Mike and so-and-so, but in it, actually the mic was just referring to the microphone, <laughs> and the whole thing was just one person with a microphone? And we had no. like a little animated character like, no. hi, I'm Mike. The little yeah, microphone. you're right. You are a little out there this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Scratch the tip of the... Wait, I'm mixing my Scratch metaphors. Scratch the tip of the iceberg, right? What do you say? What do you do to the Scratch tip of the iceberg? The sur- no, Scratch, Scratch the, the surface. Or, or hit the tip of the iceberg? No. Uh, or that he, or what does one do to the tip of an iceberg? <laughs> besides crash into it and sink only, like the Titanic? I think you only see the tip of the oh, iceberg. Oh, all right. And I really think that that was just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, we really just scratched the surface of what... <laughs> see what I did there? <laughs> the I just did them both. <laughs> <laughs> or if you'd rather, you can email us... At, <laughs> Excuse and me. Try not to choke up when you yes. do it. I just I find emailing very emotional, so I got a little a little choked up. You can email you can email us at podcast at dang it podcast at dang it It would not be complete if we didn't have that one. one I got with my ring. Hit. Did you hear the click on that? That was a real good one. That was yeah. my ring hitting the the wow. mic the pop stand. All right. All right, and I did that whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Probably can't use Man, that in we the gotta outtakes. get you back to your desk. Can I? Well, here, you need some assistance that back might, to your desk? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I'll make it. That one might be a little too colorful to use in the yeah, outtakes, pl- huh? Yeah, maybe. <laughs>